Hi, everyone. This is your 1001 Stories Network host, John Hagedorn. And I want to thank each and every one of you listeners for the support you've given 1001 Stories from the Old West. Kevin Sykes will return in the fall with a bunch of great Old West history. But during the meantime, we'll be running episodes of the old radio show, Tales of the Texas Rangers, which features actual stories from the files of the Texas Rangers from about 1936 through the late 40s. This show did very well from 1950 to 52 on NBC Radio and was successful in transitioning to TV on CBS from 1955 to 1958. I especially enjoy the episodes where they go after him on horseback. That still happens today in rough country where they need to go after fugitives on horseback, keeping America's past alive. It's time for another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. Hope you enjoy it. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Death in the Cards. It is 11.30 p.m. on the night of January 26, 1947, at the ranch house of Chester Gentry in Reeves County, Texas. Chester is on the telephone as his stepson, Will, hey, enters. Man. No sign of him, huh? All right. Call me when you find him. Thanks, Sheriff. Where you been, Will? Just out having a beer. That Sheriff Bennett you are talking to? Yeah. Your friend Tovich telephoned you a while ago. Tovich? Oh... He didn't tell the sheriff about Tobich. I sure did. Sheriff just called to say he located Tobich's rooming house over in Biggestown, but Tobich wouldn't there. But I've told you a hundred times it's the worst thing in the world you could do. Tobich finds out to kill me. Will I... Maybe he has found out you told the sheriff. Maybe he's on his way here right now to get me. Look, you've got to give me the money to pay him off now. No, Will. No more money. Do you know what you're saying? He'll kill me if I don't pay him. He told me so. Now you listen to me, Will. I've reached the end of my rope in this whole rotten mess. I'm through. And I couldn't get another dime from you. I've done everything I can for you, but you're just no good. Please, Dad, I need that donut. You shut up and listen to me. When your ma died, I promised her I'd do everything I could for you. And I have. I treated you like you was my own son. I've given you a home. I've given you money. A lot of money. And what have you done with it? You've thrown it away to a slimy gambler named Tobich. But, Dad... For two months has been going on. For two months you've been bleeding me white to pay off that gambler. I told you to stay away from him, but you didn't. Now it's high time for me to meet him and tell him face to face to stay away from you. No, Dad, no, no. If you just give me the money this once more, I'll straighten out. I promise you. Your promises ain't worth a bill of straw. That's what you said last week. You'd straighten out. I told you then I'd give you just one week to do it, and if you didn't, you'd get no more money from me now or ever. Dad, you don't mean Oh, that. don't I? You got yourself into this mess, you get yourself out of it. Tobich can bluff you, but he can't bluff me. Dad, Dad. Huh? What's the matter? Window. Tobich, I just saw him at the window. What? Dad, now he's gone. He's probably heading for the front door. All right, let him. Turn off the lights, Will. But, Dad... Turn them off. What are you doing? Get my gun. I'll give this Tobich a reception he ain't looking for. No, Dad, no. Uh, front door, huh? No, look, stay away from that door, Dad. Don't open it. Please don't. Uh, can't see a thing. Now, look, Will, you... Will. 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 Chester Gentry lay dead at his own front door. Will immediately notified Sheriff Bennett's office. Sheriff requested help from the Texas Rangers. 
Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. He joined Sheriff Bennett at the Gentry Ranch. Well, looks like an open and shut case, Jace. Kovich came here to get Will, but it was Chester who opened the door and collected the slugs instead. Where was the body, Sheriff? Lying right across the front doorway here. How long ago did the shooting take place? A couple of hours ago. Chester notified me earlier in the evening he'd gotten a call from this Tovich. The call came from Biggerstown, so I went over there to see if I could find him. I located his rooming house, but he'd checked out. Looks like while I was there, he was here. You say Tovich had been bleeding Will and Chester for some time, huh? Yeah, about two months, according to what Chester told me on the phone. Well, let's talk to Will. Oh, Sheriff, come on in. Uh, this is Ranger Pearson, Will. He'd like to ask you a couple of questions. Well, sure, Ranger. How long have you known this Tovich, Will? A couple of months, I guess. And where'd you first meet him? Pete's place, down the highway. That's a roadhouse, Chase. Mm, that where you did your gambling? No, no. Tovich would call me from time to time and tell me he had a game lined up. So I'd meet him at his rooming house in Biggest Town. Who else was in the games? A couple other fellas, different ones each time. I didn't know any of them. Didn't even know the names. You kept losing to Tovich, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But you kept on playing cards with him. I, I kept thinking my luck would change. Your luck never changes when you're up against a professional gambler. Guess I know that now. It's too bad you didn't know it two months ago. Your stepfather might still be alive. Ranger, there just isn't a thing you can say to me that I haven't already said to myself. I've been sitting here for two hours thinking about it. Knowing if I had the guts to straighten out, this wouldn't happen. There's only one thing I hope right now. I hope somehow Dad knows how I feel. All right, Will. What does Tovich look like? Well, pretty ordinary-looking fellow. Kind you never notice in a crowd. About my height, I'd say. Black hair, regular features, nothing to really set him apart. Mm, that's pretty general. I guess it is, but it's the best I can do. Okay, better get some sleep. You find any tracks outside, Sheriff? Nope. My deputy scoured the yard, but it's too gravelly to hold any kind of tracks, car or foot. Will, uh, do you remember hearing a car pull away from here after the shooting? Why, no, Ranger. I come think of it, I, I didn't even hear one come up. Hmm. Okay. When it gets light, we'll ride around a little in the back of the ranch, Sheriff, and see if we can pick up any footprints. Right. In the meantime, let's take a run over to Biggerstown and talk to Tovich's landlady... Maybe she can give us a better line on him. Afraid I can't help you much on a description, Ranger. I only got a good look at Tovich once. That was when I rented this room to him two months ago. Mm, it's pretty strange that'd be the only time you saw him, Mrs. Packer. Well, he came and went by night. I'd hear voices in his room sometimes in the evening. A couple of times a woman's voice. But as far as seeing him around, I didn't. You said he checked out earlier tonight. Didn't you see him then? No. He just left an envelope under my door with his key and the money he owed on the room. You think you'd recognize him if you saw him again, Mrs. Packer? Well, I might. I don't know. But to sit down and describe him to you, I'm afraid I can't be much help there. I don't like it, Sheriff. man's been living in this room for two months. Take a look around you. It's clean. Too clean. Nothing here to give us any line on. Hey, wait a minute. Have you cleaned this room since Tovich checked out? No. I ain't gotten around to it yet. I was figuring on giving it a good swamping out in the morning. I'd like to save you the trouble. What do you mean? I'd like to have one of our men from the lab vacuum the room for you. Well, <laughs> it's my back the way it is. I... Sure ain't gonna say no. You figure on having the contents of the dust bag analyzed, Jase? Yeah. Tovich has covered his tracks pretty well so far, but maybe he doesn't know you can sometimes pick up a lot besides dust with a vacuum cleaner. Mrs. Packer, if you should ever see Tovich again, I'd like you to get in touch with me right away. Well, you can count on that, Ranger. Say, I don't hanker to have any killers running loose around my room in the house. <laughs> Dawn came, and the only thing new on the case was the publicity. The papers were carrying the story with pictures of Chester and Will. 
The sheriff and I started scouring the country in back of the Gentry Ranch on horseback. This is hunting weather, Jace, with all that frost on the ground. Yeah, so far the hunting hasn't been good. Let's see, we're right in line with the back of the ranch house now. Yeah, maybe we better split up and go around. Hey, ooh, ooh, hold it. Take a look on the ground there. Yeah, foot tracks. Coming from the back of the ranch house, too. And judging from the distance between the tracks, he was in a hurry. Come on. Heading straight north for the river, Jace. He could be trying for the New Mexico border. Could be. You know, one thing, it should be pretty easy to follow the tracks in the frost. Yeah. There's something funny about these tracks, though. What do you mean? I don't know yet. Can't just put my finger on it, but we'll keep trailing. See if we can put our finger on Tovich. Come on, Charcoal. Yeah. Can't understand why you don't want to cross the river, Jace. Tracks led smack into it back there. I know it, Sheriff, but let's just keep looking along the bank on this side. Okay, but he probably waded along a spell and kept going on the other side. What's on the other side? Santa Fe track, about 15 miles away. And what's between the river and the tracks? Just open country. That's what I mean. I don't think Tovich would risk 15 miles of open country. Yeah, see your point. Yeah, we'll keep looking along this side, then. Well, we don't have to look any farther, Sheriff. Look, there they are. Ooh, ooh, Charky. Hey, they... They sure are. Tracks coming up out of the river and heading back the way we came. But there's still one thing I don't understand. What's that? The shooting took place about 11.30 last night. Tovich could have been halfway across that open country on the other side of the river by dawn. Now, why'd you double back? I think I've got an answer for that, Sheriff. I told you a while back something was bothering me about those tracks. I finally figured out what it is. Oh? Look at the tracks, and then look at the hoof marks of our horses. Well, they look just about the same to me. Hey, they both cut down through the frost. Yeah, that's the point. What time you figure the frost formed on the ground this morning? Mm, between four and five, maybe. And those tracks were made after the frost formed. They cut through it. If they'd been made before the frost, it would have formed over them. Wait a minute. Maybe Tovich realized he killed the wrong man. Maybe he hid around the ranch trying for another crack at Will. Now those tracks are heading toward the ranch again. Come on, Sheriff. We better get back there in a hurry. We followed the tracks back to the highway a mile below the ranch and lost them there. Then we headed for the ranch house. There was no sign of life around the place. I don't see Will outside anywhere. His car's in the driveway. I hope we're not too late. Will! Will! Oh, morning, Sheriff, Ranger. Yeah, that's a relief. Oh, come on in. Well, something the matter? We thought there might be. Can I use your phone? I want to call my office and see if there's anything new. Hey, sir. Back in the hall. Okay, thanks. Ranger, what's the sheriff mean about being relieved to see me? Well, it's possible Tovich hung around here at the ranch last night after the shooting. What? You see or hear anything after we left? And it wasn't my imagination. What do you mean? Well, after you fellas left, I locked up tight. About three or four this morning, a sound woke me up. What kind of a sound? Well, like somebody walking around outside. You think it could have been Tovich? I don't know. Well, I've got Dad's gun. If Tovich ever shows up around here again, I'll handle it. Law enforcing's our business, Will. Don't try and take it into your own hands. Yes. Yes, Sheriff. Now, what is it? My deputy just told me that landlady, Miss Packer, phoned the office for you about an hour ago. Mrs. Packer? Yeah, they told her to call out here. Will? Yeah? Did a Mrs. Packer phone me? Oh, a woman phone. Didn't leave a name, but she did leave a number. I got it written down right here. Thanks. Operator? 2734J. How long ago did she call, Will? Oh, about an hour ago, I guess. She leave any message? No, no. Just said to ask you to call her. You told her to get in touch with you if she ever saw Tovich again, Jace. Yeah, I know. Hmm. No answer. Come on, Sheriff. 
We'd better get over to Biggerstown and find out what's on Mrs. Packer's mind. Doors unlocked. Mrs. Packer. Mrs. Packer. Look, Jason. On the table there by the phone. Hmm. Newspaper. Folded to the story of the killing. Well, she can't have gone very far. Coffee's boiling on the hot plate. Hmm. Pot's just about boiled dry. Come on, let's take a look in the next room. You know, it's funny. She'd call and then be. Jason. On the bed. Yeah. Mrs. Packer. Strangled. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Death in the Cards, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. We were getting nowhere fast on this case. First Chester Gentry, then Mrs. Packer. We questioned all the rumors, but none of them had seen a thing. Then we went back to the sheriff's office. Jace, there's no doubt about it at all. Miss Packer was trying to tell you something about Tovich, but he got to her first and killed her to shut her mouth. Yeah, we know who the killer is, all right, but the big question is, where is he? It's just like the earth opened and swallowed him up. Well, every sheriff's office in the state's been alerted. Highway patrol's on the lookout, too, so sooner or later we're bound to... Yeah. Excuse me, Jason. Sheriff Bennett speaking. Oh, yeah, just a minute. Your headquarters, Jace. Captain Stinson. Thanks. Hello, Captain. Just got a report from the lab on those vacuum sweepings you had them take from Tovich's room in Biggestown, Jace. Now, what'd they find? Only items of interest were two or three women's hairs. Red. Hmm. A lot of redheads in Texas, Captain. I'm afraid that's not much help. Maybe more than you think. This hair wasn't naturally red. It was a henna dye job. And judging from the distance between the roots and the dye, the lab figures it was dyed about a week ago. Well, now that's a horse of a different color. Well, thanks a lot, Captain. I'll keep you posted. Sheriff, we haven't had any luck finding Tovich, have we? We sure haven't. Okay, now we're going to start looking for Tovich's girl. His girl? How many beauty parlors do you figure there are in Biggerstown? I don't know, six or seven maybe. Before the day's over, we'll know exactly how many there are. We're going to visit them all. The sheriff had underestimated the town. There were ten of them. We had no luck on the first seven, and then just at dark, we hit number eight. There we found an operator who remembered giving a henna dye job to a girl named Thelma Parrish about a week ago. We learned that Thelma was a waitress in a coffee shop, so I parked my car around the corner and we dropped in on her. Well, you men look like you could use a nice cup of coffee. Nothing I'd like better right now than having a pretty red-headed waitress pour me one, ma'am. <laughs> Why, thank you, Ranger. Coming up. What do you think, Jace? I think maybe. Cream? Uh, black, please. Yeah, black here, too. Well, here you are. Thanks. Uh, seen your boyfriend lately? Boyfriend? Tovich. Who? Tovich. You must have me mixed up with somebody else, Ranger. I don't know anybody by that name. Are you real sure about that, ma'am? Well, of course I am. A girl sure who she does know and who she doesn't. Well, either I'm mistaken or you're lying to me. Look, I don't know what this is all about, but I do know better than lie to a Ranger. I hope so. Well, come on, Sheriff. We better be getting back to your office. Okay, Jason. Here's for the coffee. Thanks. Sorry, I can't help you any about what's-his-name. So am I. Hello, 
This way, Sheriff. Where are we going? Across the street. Yeah, but the car's on this side, around the corner. Keep walking. She's watching us from inside. Oh. Think she was lying? That's what I want to find out. Well, she seemed pretty sure of herself. Okay, we're out of her line of sight now. Let's get in this doorway, quick. Good. Yeah, we're in the shadows here. She can't spot us from across the street. Now we just keep an eye on the front of that coffee shop Chase, and... look. She's coming outside. Uh-huh. Yeah. False alarm. She's just washing the windows. Yeah? Well, that's the fastest wash job I've ever seen. She's heading inside again. She came out to make sure we'd gone. Come on. We'll work away along the sidewalk until we can see across the street into the coffee shop. Yeah, but she may spot us. Hey, hold it. She's on the phone with her back to us. She was lying, all right. Probably calling Tovich right now. Sheriff, how about slipping into the drugstore and tracing that call? Mm-hmm. I can keep an eye on the front of the shop from my car. I'll meet you there. The sheriff disappeared into the drugstore. I waited in my car. A couple of minutes later, he came over and got in wearing a very puzzled look. There must be some mistake, Jason. Uh, what do you mean? That waitress, she just telephoned the Gentry Ranch. I don't think there is any mistake, Sheriff. And right now, it doesn't surprise me much. Yeah, but as far as we know, the only one at the Gentry Ranch is Will. Yeah, but Will's going to have company as soon as we can make it there. Wait a minute. You trying to say that Will Gentry... Sheriff, it looks like there is no Tovich and never has been. I guess the boy we've been up against right from the start is Will Gentry. I radioed KTXA to set up a roadblock on the highway ten miles each way from the Gentry Ranch in case Will should take off before we could get there. And I jammed the gas pedal to the floor and held it there. Jace, you're leaving me way behind. Will Gentry? Looks like I was way behind for a while, too. But looking back on it, it all falls into place. We know Will was always after money from his stepfather, Chester. And he invented the story about a gambler named Tovich as an excuse to get that money? He even went so far as to rent a room in Biggerstown under that name. But when Chester cracked down and threatened to disinherit him, Will used the same Tovich device to kill Chester. That way, he'd get all Chester's money. So when Chester opened the front door thinking Tovich was outside, there wasn't anybody there at all. And it was Will who plugged him. Unit 10, go ahead, KTXA. Unit 320, stationed at Tucker's Junction. Unit 256, stationed at Biggerstown, turn off. Unit 10, 10-4. KTXA, clear. Well, we got the roadblock set up. Tucker's Junction's about five miles the other side of the Gentry Ranch, isn't it? Yep. And with another highway patrol car back of us at the Biggerstown turn off, looks like we got Will bottled up tight if he makes a run for it. There's no side roads off the highway for six or seven miles along here. Good. As soon as we get the top of this rise, we ought to be able to spot the Gentry Ranch. Yeah, ranch house only a mile or so from here, Jace. It was Will who made those tracks in the frost then, huh? He heard me say we'd start trailing in the morning. I guess he figured on giving us something to trail. Yeah, and that explains Miss Packer's murder, too. She must have seen Will's picture in the paper, recognized him as Tovich, so she tried to phone you. And when she called the ranch house, Will knew he had to shut her mouth for keeps. He probably got back from killing her just before we showed up at the ranch house after the trailing. There's the ranch house, only half mile more. Now wait, the taillight's swinging out onto the highway. He's making a run for it. What kind of cars he drive? Gray sedan, isn't it? Yep. Unit 10 to all units and roadblock. Subject, Will Gentry, attempting getaway. Proceeding east on Highway 19 in Gray Sedan. Unit 10 pursuing. Unit 203 to Unit 10. Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 203. Unit 203 on Highway 19, three miles west of Tucker's Junction. That's only a couple of miles east of us, Jace. Proceed west on Highway 19, Unit 203. Unit 10, clear. Yeah, we got him bottled up for sure, Jace. We're backstopped at both ends, and we're coming at him from both ends. It's a squeeze play. I sure hope so. Unit 10 to Unit 203. Unit 203, go ahead, Unit 10. Have you sighted Gentry's car yet? Not yet, Unit 10. We'll report contact. Unit 10, clear. I don't get it, Sheriff. We should have spotted Gentry by this time. We're almost together. Hey, watch it, Chase. Sharp bend in the road just ahead. Just past this drive-in movie here. Yeah, I see it. 
Only way Gentry could get off the highway is to ditch his car, and I don't think he'd do that. Hey, a red light coming at us. That must be Unit 203. He's stopping, too. But where's Will? No sign of Gentry? None, Jay. Oh, but there aren't any side roads at all. He couldn't have vanished into thin air. Hey, wait a minute. That drive-in movie we just passed. You think he turned in? It's the only place he could have turned in. Come on. We went back to the drive-in theater, stationed the highway patrol car at the exit, then the sheriff and I talked to the theater manager. He remembered a gray sedan pulling in there a few minutes before. He'd sent it to the rear aisle, so the three of us circled around the theater on the outside of the fence and then came in through a small gate in the rear. But Gentry's car wasn't in the back row. But he's got to be in this back row, Ranger. That's where I sent him. Look, there's a vacant spot in the row. One in the next row ahead. He could have wormed his way forward a few rows. Yeah, that's right. A lot of people do that trying to get a better spot. About 200 cars in here. It's going to be like looking for a needle. Hey, hold it. Three aisles up, near the side. Yeah, that's his car, all right. Going to take him now, Jason? I can't. There's too many cars around him. It's a cinch he won't come peacefully. Somebody might get shot. If we could only get the car on each side of him to get clear... I could make an announcement on the public address. No, that's no good. He'd probably start shooting. I can't warn the car on each side. Will would spot me. Same goes for you, Sheriff. Want me to do it? You? I don't know. It'd be pretty... Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I think I got it. You go up to the car on this side of Will. Tell him to clear out in exactly one minute. Then go to Will's car. Tell him you're checking the reception on those speakers they hang on the side of their cars. And then go to the car the other side of him. Tell them to clear out in two minutes. Good idea. That way, maybe Will won't get suspicious. Thirty seconds after the second car leaves, turn on all the lights. Okay. I'll give it a whirl. See you after it's all over. I hope. the manager go along the line of cars. He worked his way to Will's car, then passed it to the one beyond. Then he headed for the projection booth. So far, so good. Seconds ticked by. At the end of the first minute, the car this side of Will pulled out. Another minute went by. And the car the other side of Will got going. He's out in the open now, Jason. Yeah. Twenty seconds till the lights go on. Come on. John, you came to Get just a little closer. I'll take him from this side. Hey, Jace. He's starting up. He must have got suspicious. He won't get far. You hit his car. Will! Come out of that car with your hands in the air. There go the lights, Tom. I'm coming out all right, Ranger. Look out, Jace! Come on, Sheriff. You okay, Jace? Yeah. Hey, you sure knocked him down, Tonto. <laughs> hit him in the shoulder. Why didn't you finish me off? That's up to the state of Texas, Will, not me. But I think they'll oblige you, all right. Will Gentry was tried and convicted of the murders of Chester Gentry and Leona Packer. On the morning of April 12th, 1948... He was executed in the electric chair at Huntsville Penitentiary. And here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae, with another interesting story about the Texas Rangers. Although the Texas Rangers is a highly organized law enforcement agency, the men themselves are rugged individualists. One ranger in particular that I know of carries his six shooters with only five shells in each gun. One day he was asked why he did this. If the hammer's resting on an empty chamber, he said, the gun can't be fired accidentally. But, said his interested friend, with only five bullets instead of six in the gun, aren't you endangering your own position? Maybe so, he said with a grin, but if you can't hit your target with five shells, the sixth one won't do you much good anyhow. Good night, folks. See you next week. Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Frenchie. 
Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Bill Johnstone, Farley Bear, Jeanette Nolan, Byron Kane, Mike Barrett, and Ernie Newton. This story was transcribed and adapted by Bob Reif, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Remember all the delightful troubles that beset Mr. Blandings when he built his dream house? Well, starting next Sunday afternoon, you can hear the further adventures of the beleaguered Mr. Blandings and his wonderful wife, Muriel. It's top listening for the entire family next Sunday and Sundays thereafter when Cary Grant and Betsy Drake star as Mr. and Mrs. Blandings. Stay tuned for the $64 question. Tomorrow, hear the symphony on NBC. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Blood Harvest. It is a moonless midnight, September 16th, 1947. A truck without lights is parked in a cultivated field several miles from Fairvale, Texas. In the darkness, two men are perspiring freely as they load bales of seasoned alfalfa onto the truck. How many more we got to go, Slim? Fifteen, twenty, that's all. Now we can get it all on here, then. This will be the last load. That suits me fine. The sooner you get off the place with it, better. Come on. Whoa, take it easy, will you, Slim? How about time out for a smoke? Smoke? You out of your mind, Trent? Oh, we're a half mile from the house, and besides, you said Mullen was asleep. Look, don't give me an argument. All right, all right, but I moved more than 200 bales of this stuff tonight. I'm going to rest for a minute. If you don't like it, load the rest out yourself. Okay, don't get hot about it. I'm just as tired as you are. Sit on a running board. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mullen's sure going to be surprised when he gets a look at this field tomorrow. Yeah, he sure is. What do we get for this stuff? About $30 a ton. Ain't bad. Bound to clear almost 200 bucks a piece. Yeah. Could make more than that running a couple of head of cattle without working up this pig sweat, though. Sure, smart guy. Run cattle and get picked up and sent to the pen. Maybe there ain't as much money in alfalfa, but one thing about it, there ain't no brand marks on the bales either. Nobody can say it ain't yours once you get in the clear with it. Yeah, I guess you got a point. Think Mullen's liable to suspicion you when he finds his field stripped tomorrow? Oh, not a chance. I'm an old war buddy, ain't I? 
And he saw me taking a sleeping pill before we turned in tonight. <laughs> At least he thinks he saw me taking it. <laughs> Good thing he ain't seeing you take this alfalfa or you'd lose your job for sure. After tomorrow, I can afford to lose it. Farm work ain't for men, it's for horses. Hey, come on, we rested long enough. I want to get you away from here. Okay. <sighs> Hey, give me that pitchfork. I'll push those last two bales back and make more room on the tail of the yeah, truck. Here it is. I got act real surprised tomorrow. When... What's the matter, Slim? Shh. There's something moving. I don't hear nothing. There it is again. Maybe it's Mullen. Maybe he woke up. Keep quiet, Trent. Who's on this field? It is him. You better answer me. I can see the outline of your truck. Slim, I got to start up and get out of here. No! He woke up. He must know I'm not in the house. So pile in the truck and come with me, quick. Hey, go to jail, lady, a fool. No. I'll slide around behind the truck. You stay here until he comes up to you. Yeah, but I don't... Don't I tell you. Who are you? Talk up fast. It's me, Mullen, Harry Trent. Harry Trent, huh? You lost, Trent? What are you doing in my field in the middle of the night with a truck full of my alfalfa? Uh, oh, oh. Save it, Trent. West Slim, where to run to? I didn't run any place, Mullen. You know... Don't move. There's a pitchfork you feel against your ribs. Just march back to the house. What are you going to do to him, Slim? I'm going to lend him my bottle of sleeping pills and see to it that he takes an overdose of them. It's nice, clean, and quiet. That idea would be great, Slim, if I'd hold still for it. But I ain't about to hold still. Look out, Slim. Punch him, Trent. Let go of that fork, Mullen. Now, Mullen, here's something you don't have to hold still for. But you'll hold still this time. Oh. You killed him. You killed him. You shut up. Stop that and shut up. <laughs> we gotta run, Slim. We gotta get out. Don't do nothing. Get that load out of here and sell it like we planned. Then keep your mouth shut. If you don't, I'll shut it for you. Just before dawn of the next morning, a hound from a neighboring farm came across the body of Robert Mullen. Its baying attracted its master, who called the sheriff. The sheriff requested aid from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. There's a body, Ranger. Black hound dog over there came across it this morning, set up a holler. Owner heard her, knowed she'd found something and come around. I see. Which one owns the dog? Fellow in the Mackinac, Sam Richardson. His farmer joins this one along the east fence. Who are the other two men? Harry Trent. Farm on the north is his, and Slim Fireman. Slim worked this place with Mullen. They was buddies in the war or something. You want to talk to him? Yeah, in a minute. Anybody touch that pitchfork? Nope, not even me yet. I figured it must be the murder weapon, blood all over the prongs. Hard to read prints off that handle, though. Yeah. Marks on the body show Mullen was jabbed twice. Once would have been plenty. I, uh, sent for the J.P., but I don't think we need an inquest to tag this as murder. No. But he'll have to order a medical examination to establish the time of death. Hmm. Hmm. Mullen fell kind of funny. The left leg bent in under him. Well, there's a reason for that. Pull up the pants leg and you'll see. Yeah. That explains it, all right. Artificial leg. He in some kind of an accident? If you can call Okinawa an accident, you hit the beach there with the first Marines. Lost a leg and an eye. Left eye's glass. He could have picked an easier life on the farm. Did he have any family? Sister, Ellie, lives over at Holtzville. Guess I'll have to bring her the news. You could call the local minister at Holtzville. He can tell her better than you can. We can drive over and see her later and find out if she knows anything. That's a good idea. I'll talk to these other fellows now. Okay. They uh, don't seem to know much, though. They may know when Mullen was last seen alive. It's not often a man gets pitchforked to death out in his own fields. Yeah. Fellas, this here is Ranger Jace Pearson. Ranger, this is Sam Richardson. Howdy. Hello. Harry Trent. Hello. Slim Fireman. Glad to know you. Richardson, the sheriff tells me your dog found the body. That's right. Oh, it must have been about uh, 4 a.m. I was just getting out of bed when I heard her, so I come a-running. You always run out and investigate when you hear one of your hounds baying? Nope, but that black hound of mine's a good one. And I ain't never heard a dog's hound off like she did. I see. When did you see Mullen last alive? Yesterday morning. Passed each other along the fence and said howdy. How about you, Mr. Trent? Uh, I hadn't seen him for a couple of days. Reckon Slim here saw him last then. How about it? 
Well, sure, I reckon I did. Last night we ate, and then I turned in early. Hmm. Then this happened during the night. Must have, far as I know. Why would Mullen come out to this field at night? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know he'd left the house until Richardson here come pounding on the door and woke me up this morning after he found the body. You live right on the place, Slim? Uh-huh. How come you didn't hear Richardson's dog? Well, I'm sleeping kind of heavy. I took a sleeping pill last night. Must have knocked me out good. Had a rough day yesterday. What do you mean, rough? Well, all the extra chores, loading the alfalfa from this field onto the truck. I was wondering how come there were so few bales from such a big cutting. Well, Mullen had a buyer for most of it, I reckon. Anyhow, he carted it off. Yeah, I see the tire tracks. Any idea who he sold it to? He didn't say. Think somebody paid him for the stuff, then came back to rob him of the money, Jase? Could be, Sheriff. Except that Mullen made the robin mighty convenient by coming out into this field at night. When we learn why he came out here, we'll be learning a lot. After a while, the justice of the peace showed up and took charge of the body. The sheriff made his call to the minister at Holtzville so he could break the news to Mullen's sister. He gave her a couple of hours to get a grip and then drove over to see her. <laughs> He was only here last Sunday, spending the day with him, playing with a baby and arguing with Dan. Who's Dan? My husband. What were they arguing about? What? I didn't mean a real argument. Politics, cost of living, you know how men get talking. And, and now he's dead. Take it easy, Ellie. <laughs> That's your brother's picture over the fireplace, isn't it? Yes, in his uniform. Just before he went overseas in the war. Before he was hurt. Anybody you know of who might gain anything by having your brother out of the way? No. He never made any enemy. Guess it was robbery like we figured before, Jace. No money on him and none in the house that we could find. Mm, might have had time to bank the crop money yesterday. We can check that with the bank. Might as well go, then. Ellie, you shouldn't be here alone at a time like this. The minister's coming back later. Why don't you call Dan and have him come home from work? He's away for a few days on a business trip. Mm, away on a business trip, huh? Who's he working for? He's buying and selling for Hatton's Feed and Grain Company. Don't worry about me. I'll be all right. Well, if there's anything I can do, just holler. Bye, Ellie. Goodbye, ma'am. Goodbye. You, you got to find out who killed my brother. You can't let him get away with it. We'll try not to, ma'am. Never thought how her husband's job might fit into this. Buying and selling feed and grain, huh? Mullen sold that alfalfa. Most likely man he'd sell it to would be his own brother-in-law. It's something we're going to check on. Hop in. We'll put out a radio pickup for him? No, we'll drive over to the Hatton Feed and Grain. They'll know where he is, and we'll pick him up ourselves. Hatton's Feed and Grain Company told us the area that Mullen's brother-in-law, Dan, was working. We caught up to him next morning, making a selling stop at a dairy farm. That must be Dan's car there by the barn. Hatton Company emblem on it. Yeah, let's find him. There he is. Other end of the barn, leaning on a stall. Must be the owner he's talking to. Call him down here. We don't have to. He sees us coming this way now. Watch out for any sudden moves, just in case. Uh, Howdy, Sheriff. Is it for me? Ranger and I'd like a word with you. Uh, reckon it's about Ellie's brother. You heard about it, huh? Yeah, on my car radio this morning. I called Ellie a little while ago. She told me you'd been to see her. A couple of stops I just got to make around here, and then I'm heading for home. When did you see Mullen last? Two days ago, when I started out on this trip. You stopped by his place? That's right. Social call or business? Business. Made a bid on his alfalfa. We're just about finished sweating, ready to be hauled for storage. How'd you pay him for it, by cash or company check? I didn't pay him for it, Ranger. He said it wasn't for sale. You better be sure of that, Dan. What do you mean? He means that that alfalfa was sold and moved just before Mullen was killed, the same day you stopped there. Whoever told you that's a lie. It's mm -hmm. no lie, Dan. We saw it with our own eyes. Everything was hauled from there except maybe a dozen bales. I don't care what you saw. I know that alfalfa wasn't for sale to me or anybody else. What makes you so sure of that? I'll tell you what makes me so sure, and you can check it with the bank. Bob told me he'd made arrangements for a bank loan to buy 20 head of dairy cattle. That's why I'm sure. 
He was getting them in next month. And he needed that alfalfa for winter forage. He couldn't have sold it. Not to anybody. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Blood Harvest, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. Mullins Bank verified the loan for buying the dairy herd. Unless he changed his mind suddenly, Mullen wouldn't have sold the feed he'd been needing for his own stock. The sheriff and I headed back for Mullen's farm. Don't see Slim around any place. Maybe into the funeral home. Let's take a look at the barn. We've looked at the barn before, Jace. No way we could miss a couple hundred bales of alfalfa. No, but we might have missed something we weren't looking for the last time. Just look up. You see the loft is almost empty. He didn't need much forage with just one horse to feed. I'm not looking for forage. Here's what I'm interested in. Just a bunch of scrap lumber. And a keg of nails. Just about what he'd need to build stalls for that dairy herd. Now, Mullen was too far ahead with his plans to change his mind, if you ask me. Sure looks that way. Where'd Mullen keep his hay truck? And vehicle shed out back? Yeah. Come on. What do you want to see, Jace? The truck that Slim said he and Mullen loaded that alfalfa on. Looks like the shed is locked. Uh, oh, no, it isn't. It's the wooden peg stuck through the lock ratchet. We can pull it. I'll help you roll her back. There's the truck. This the only truck he's got? Yep. If this truck was used to haul alfalfa bales, they must have been tighter than any bales I've ever seen. Look at that truck bed. Clean as a whistle. Not a straw on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Sheriff. This is the truck that was loaded out in that field. You can't be sure of that just because the bed is clean. No, but I can be sure by the tires. Look at them. Treads worn down almost smooth. The tire marks we saw out in the field were well marked. Plenty of tread. Hey, that's right. They were. Come on. Take Mullen's horse from the barn, throw a saddle on it. I'll get charcoal out of my trailer and we'll take a little ride. Where to? Out to the fields first where I can make a plastic cast of that tire tread. Truck was loaded heavy. Impression was deep enough to hold. Why can't we drive out? I want to cut across the neighboring farms, too, and see if we can find any matching treads in other fields. We'll see the ground better as we move on horseback. It's as easy to drive around to the farms and check the tires on the trucks like we did here. Yeah, but I don't want to be seen doing that. If we scare the man we're after, he might run before we get to him. Okay, I'll have this nag ready in a minute. If you're right, Jace, Slim Ferryman has been lying about moving the alfalfa. Easy, boy. We'll find out. If he was lying, he'll explain why Mullen was out to that field at night. Because it'll mean that the crop was being stolen at night. And he was killed when he saw who was stealing it. How long does it take that cast to dry, Jace? Yeah, be ready in a minute. I would be a lot of truck tires with that same tread. Sure, but this piece I'm making a cast of has a cut mark across part of the tread. Oh, I see. Find that same mark again someplace else. We can make another cast and use for evidence. Here, this is dry now. How's that, Sheriff? Good, clear impression, Jace. Come on. Let's ride. Richardson's place was clear, and so were the two others. And we cut through the north fence to Mullen's farm and into the acreage owned by Harry Trent. Looks like Trent moved his alfalfa crop too, Jace. Fields are clear. Yeah. Where's the farmhouse? Other side of that patch of trees. Good. That'll keep us covered. Keep your eyes on the ground. Right. Hey, hold it. Hold it. What is it? Nothing. Tractor marks there. Not what we're looking for. Oh. Well, let's keep going. Hey, Roger. Quite a bit of straw on the ground over to the right, Sheriff. Let's move that way. Hey, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Trent had his bail stacked there. Huh? He sure did. That's what we're looking for. Ooh. Ooh, charcoal. Ooh, easy. Kind of dim, Jace, but to the same tread, all right. Yeah. It looks like the same cut mark in the tread. 
I'm going to make another cast. Then after dark, we can slip in and take a look at Trent's barn and his truck. We slipped back that night. Trent's truck tires were the ones we were looking for. Heavy duty. We went from the vehicle shed to the barn. Pretty dark night, Jase. Hardly see it here either. Yeah, I don't see enough to find what I want. Ladder to the left. Here it is. All right, I'm going to climb up. Give me your flashlight. Hey, uh... Anything up there? Just a few bales. I reckon Trent sold most of his alfalfa crop, too. Even if he had Mullins' crop here, no way we could prove it. That's where you're wrong, Sheriff. If Trent had it, we're going to prove it. Cleared the farm without being spotted. Got to my car and drove back to town. Robert Mullen's wake had just ended at the funeral home as we pulled up at the sheriff's office. We didn't have to be so careful out at Trent's place, Jace. There he is going toward his car. Must have come in to pay his respects. Uh, he just came out of the door of that cafe. Oh, look who's in there at the counter. Slim Fireman. Yeah, we could use some coffee. Come on. Ranger. Howdy, May. How's the coffee? Try stirring it, and it'll fling the spoon right back at you. <laughs> that sounds strong enough. Pour a couple. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Mind if we sit with you, Slim? Help yourself. Yeah, got a line on who killed Mullen yet? No. Too bad Mullen never mentioned the name of the man he was selling that alfalfa to. No, too bad. You think he might have mentioned it to one of the neighbors, Sam Richardson, maybe, or Harry Trent? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I guess it isn't likely. man who doesn't tell his plans to an old buddy living right in the same house with him, I guess he wouldn't tell anybody. Well, here's your java, Sheriff. Thanks. Ranger. You and Mullen go all through the war together? No, just part of it. Mm-hmm. Where'd you meet? South Pacific? Uh, no, here in the States. I, I was a ward man at the general hospital. Oh, then you weren't in action together. No. I see. I, I thought you were real close friends. We were. Who says we weren't? Well, take it easy. Nobody said so. I just meant you You weren't as close as buddies are when they're under fire together. We were plenty close. And don't let nobody tell you different. Mullen was the best friend I ever had, see? Sure. When you get the guy who killed him, I'd... I'd like to be there to watch when they strap the rat in the electric chair. I know just how you feel. I'll do my best to arrange that for you. Um, here's your money, May. I'm going back to the farm and get some sleep if I can. Hardly had any since this happened. Yeah, it's too bad. Maybe you ought to take one of your sleeping pills. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I will. Good night. Good night, Sheriff. Night, Slim. He sure rattled his teeth, Jace. He was pretty frank about his service record, though. Yeah, only because he knew I could check it if he lied. Let's skip this coffee. I want to see Ellie and her husband, Dan. <laughs> Ellie and Dan were keeping a lonesome night vigil beside the body of Robert Mullen. We beckoned Dan outside. What is it? I won't leave Ellie alone too long. I'm afraid you'll have to leave her alone for a while if you want to help us spring the trap on the man who killed your brother-in-law. You know who did it? I think so. I need your help to prove it. You gotta help her. What do you want? How much acreage did Mullen have in alfalfa? Looked like seven or eight acres. Eight's right. You know how much it'd yield? About... Two ton to an acre, 16 ton all told. That's a good yield for this year. He took good care of his land. Why? I'll tell you in a minute. Sheriff, we saw Trent's alfalfa acreage. I'd say he'd cut about six acres. But, then You don't have to say about. Six acres is right. How do you know? I bought Trent's alfalfa crop for my company. Good. How much? Almost 12 ton. Same acre yield as Bob Mullins. 12 tons. Are you sure that's all? Of course I'm sure. The feed and grain companies keep a record of everybody they purchase from? Sure. Can the lots be identified? I mean, are they tagged or stored in such a way you could tell who they were brought from? Yeah, they are. What are you aiming at, Jase? Final proof to break Trent down. Dan, I want you to come with me. We'll get one of the bales Trent sold to your company, and then we're going to wake up every other feed and grain buyer in the county to see if he sold any more than 12 tons. <laughs> 
got what we were after. The day after Mullen was killed, Trent had sold an additional 15 tons to another company almost 50 miles away. We got a sample bail and brought it back to the sheriff's office. Hey, put it down here, Dan. Yeah. So Trent did sell more of it, huh? Fifteen tons more. Well, see how you can tell this bale from the other one? You can when you weigh them. Trent's bales averages 110 pounds to the bale on his own stuff. The bales in this second batch are tighter packed, about 140 pounds to the bale. Hey, wait a minute, Ranger. There's something else different, too. I just noticed. Look at the wire on the bales. Mm, looks the same to me. Maybe, but you're not as used to seeing baling wire as I am. Wire on the bales Trent sold me is 16-gauge. Wire on this other bale is 14-gauge. Bob Mullen always used 14-gauge. Come on, Sheriff. Let's get Trent and make him talk. Once he opens up, we'll see where Slim Ferriman fits. Chase, I see the picture's clear as you do now, but how are we going to prove that this second batch of alfalfa was stolen from Mullen's place? We don't have to prove it. Trent's the one who has to do the proving. We do things big in Texas, but he's the first man who ever sold 27 tons of alfalfa from six acres. Let's go. It was still dark when we turned in the road to Trent's farmhouse, and the light went on inside as we came to a stop. Trent came to the door. Oh! Oh, you fellas, I heard a car. Huh? You thought it was somebody else? No, no, no. I didn't know who it was. Oh. I thought you might be expecting Slim Fairman. Uh, no, no. Why would Slim come here? Take a few lessons in farming, maybe? So you could show him how to raise 27 tons of alfalfa on six acres? You must have raised that much, Trent, because you sold that much. But 15 tons of it belonged to Mullen. He bailed heavier and used 14-gauge wire while you used 16-gauge. Uh, I bought Mullen's crop. Why would he sell it to you instead of his brother-in-law, Dan? I mean, I, I, I hauled it for him. He thought the price would be better someplace else. Not enough to haul it 50 miles. And besides, you made that sale yesterday, after Mullen was killed. I had to do it. I was in a trap. If I told you about it, Slim would have killed me. Did he kill Mullen? Were you an eyewitness? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him do it. I never touched Mullen. Where's Slim now? I, I thought you were him when you drove up. He's coming here this morning. I got the check for Mullen's alfalfa, and Slim was going to pick it up and take it someplace for cash. And... There's a car coming now, Jase. Handcuff Trent to the door now to that closet. Quick. Right. I didn't kill Shut him. Up. Come on, Sheriff. Slim won't stop. He'll see my car as he makes the turn for the house. He saw it. He's turning around. Get his tires. That stopped him. He's running for it, Jase. Move off to that side. The car's shielding him. Right. Stop running, Slim. You can't beat a bullet. He ducked into the bullet, Chase. Circle in from the side and keep the door covered. I'm going in after him. The gray of dawn was washing across the sky, but the barn was in deep shadow. I slipped in along the side wall and moved slowly toward the stalls. I didn't see what came at me. I just sensed it hurtling through the air, and I threw myself to the side, hit the ground, and fired. You get him, Chase? You all right? Yeah. He threw that sickle at me from the stall. I didn't see him. Don't even know how I hit him. I just felt it coming and fired. Mighty good aim. He's dead. So is Bob Mullen. Let's get Trent and take him in. his complicity in the robbery and murder of Robert Mullen, Harry Trent was sentenced to Huntsville Penitentiary for 50 years. And here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae, with another interesting story about the Texas Rangers. The equipment of a Texas Ranger includes a pair of six guns, a rifle, a shotgun, and other weapons. Not to mention his horse, horse trailer, automobile, and scientific crime detection apparatus. However, there's been a fictional addition to the equipment as the result of motion pictures. An addition that has the rangers scratching their heads ruefully. It came to the attention of one ranger recently as he passed two small boys on the street. The small fry turned to stare at him. The ranger got quite a shock when he heard one of them say, Oh, shucks. He ain't a real Texas ranger. He ain't got a guitar. 
Well, such is the influence of modern fiction. But fortunately, the criminals know the truth. When they see a real Texas Ranger, they don't look for a guitar. They look for the quickest means of transportation. They want distance, not music. Good night, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Frenchie. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Lou Krugman, Herb Bygren, Tom Tully, Wilms Herbert, Betty Moran, and Gigi Pearson. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Al Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Here's news of two outstanding musical events. This Saturday, January 27th, Arturo Toscanini begins the first of a new series with the NBC Symphony. And starting Monday, January 29th, the Boston Pops Orchestra will be heard in a new Monday evening concert series. They call infantile paralysis the visible crippler. It strikes without mercy any place, anywhere. You can fight him with your dimes and dollars, though. Send them today to your local March of Dimes headquarters. Join the 1951 March of Dimes. Remember, Arturo Toscanini once again conducts the symphony next Saturday on NBC. Thanks for joining us for Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Stories from the Old West. Reviews are always appreciated. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll be back soon.